Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Man, it's great to have you all here in God's house together. Come on, give it up one more time for Jesus. Two seconds of praise, everything the enemy tried to do this week to frustrate you, and here you are on a Sunday morning, August the 1st, 2021. How many of y'all get kids? Woo, I know school starts in a couple of weeks, right? How many of y'all want kids? Never as much excitement about that, you know? I don't know, it's just like, you know, if, if I were like, hey, how many of y'all want to get married? All the single people like, what? You know, I don't know, and then kids like, oh, that changes my life a little bit, you know? No, no kids kids are awesome. We got four of them, and man, they're they're a beautiful thing, man. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, it's awesome. So I know what I was going to say. School, that's what I was going to say. I am not excited about getting up at 645 every day. I gotta get these kids to school. We broke down a couple of weeks ago and bought a van. Man, I, I traded in my SUV for a van. I told myself, uh, this is like a total tangent. I need some therapy this morning, I guess, before I get in the message. I told myself I will never buy a van. I was like, my, my parents, my parents had vans. They believed in Chevy vans. Back in the day, it was the Chevy Astro Mini van. Okay? And this is what mom hauled us in every single day, right? And then she upgraded to like a big Chevy van. And so I spent my whole childhood in a van, okay? And when, when I was a sophomore, so I'm a little old for my, my grade. And so when I'm, when I'm a sophomore, okay, in high school, right, like, like I was like, yo, I need to get a, a car. And I'm from Indiana. So everybody had the Chevy S10 pickup truck. Okay, this was the car to get in my hood, okay? Like, we were country. It was the Chevy S10 pickup truck. And so it's like this was the truck. I had to get this truck. If you wanted to get a date on Friday, you'd better have that pickup truck. Do you know what my parents gave me for my first ride? The Chevy Astro minivan. That's right. I got the van. They said he ain't going on any dates for three years. We're giving my son the van. You know what I did with that van? I went and picked up all my friends every single day for school and dropped them off, and I charged them all like 20 bucks a week. And come on, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, right? Like, that's what I did. I started my entrepreneurship right there as a sophomore in high school. And anyway, so I broke down about a van. You know what we're going to do with that van? We're going to go to school every morning. We're going to pick them up every day. So here comes school in a couple of weeks. I always get depressed when you get that email like, here's what you need to buy for your kids for school. And I'm like, oh, man, here comes school. Like summer, summer days are over. Here, here it comes. It's going to be great. But we are excited about August. Uh, September is a huge month for us, right? We got a lot of good things coming up this month. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, and then September, we, we have our birthday at the end of September. We actually launched a few years ago. This is our third birthday coming up. Woo! We survived COVID. I just feel like I should clap one more time for that one. But it's like, here we are. Our third birthday coming up. Fall's exciting. We really have a, we have a strong fall. A lot of good things to come into. Uh, but once a year, I've had too much coffee this morning. I can tell. I can tell. Once a year, we pause and we go through what we call values. And we go through a series, a conversation called values. And we just pause and talk about what's the mi- vision? What's the mission? What are the values? And, and what happens is we forget after a year, those of us that have been around for a while. And what's been amazing this year is with COVID and all the transition, we have transitioned a bunch of people out and a bunch of new people in. And man, a lot of you guys have been here for three weeks, four weeks, two months. Can we just give God a, a huge hand of praise for all the people coming in 
just in the last few weeks. Like, I'm amazed what God is doing with our church. And, and so it's been very exciting. So it's good for us to pause and talk. Hey, what are our values? What's our vision? What's our mission? What are we, what are we about as a church? Why do we exist? And all this, all this good stuff. So with no further ado, I'm going to jump into our mission. And so we can just chat about this for a second. And we exist so people can meet, know, and follow Jesus. This is the mission of the church. I, a lot of people say it in a lot of different ways, but I'm going to be honest. Matthew 28, this is, you can throw that verse up for me. This is it. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This is the mission of the church of Jesus Christ. Different local churches morph it a little differently, and that's fine. It don't matter. But this is it. Jesus wants everyone. Think about that. He want, we want every family to be in a Bible-believing local church. This is God's will for the world. He wants everyone to know Jesus. He wants you to know Jesus, your kids to know Jesus, your family to know Jesus. He wants the whole world to know Jesus. Christianity has always been a relational like organization. It's always been a missional organization. God wants everyone to know him and be in a loving relationship with him. So why do we show up and do this? We want everyone to meet, know, and follow Jesus. What do we do? Well, number one, your presence is energy. Your presence is power. Just showing up preaches to people, this matters. I want that just to sink in for a moment. Nothing good happens until we what in life? Until we first show up. Nothing good will ever happen in your marriage until you first show up. Nothing good is going to happen in the relationship with your kids until you show up and you be present. Nothing good is going to happen until you show up and you are present. Your presence is power. My challenge, and if I, if I had a megaphone to, to really talk to the entire body of Christ, this would be my challenge. Like, let's, let's get church back in our weekly rhythm. Let's get church back in our weekly rhythm, right? It, it is true. You, you can go to heaven without going to church. Jesus saves you, right? But, but you can also be married and not go home. And if you stay away from home long enough, eventually it's going to affect your relationship. Church is so you can have a healthy relationship with Jesus. It's so you can get encouraged and crafted and challenged and built up. This is why we show up. Nothing good happens until we first show up. No condemnation in today's message. Could I encourage you to make church a part of your weekly rhythm? And I know us millennials, we love to travel. Come on, we love Sundays and mimosas. Like, we love self-care. Like, I know, I know, I know, okay? I know, I know. But could I encourage you today, make church a part of your weekly rhythm. It's not just for you, it's through you. And every time you show up, you preach. This matters. It's important. There's something here. I, I, God loves, you know, just like when you go home to mama's house and she's like, I love when all my kids are here. I think that's how the father feels. Look at my kids. They showed up for me today. It's a big deal to his heart. Amen? Your presence your presence is energy. It's, it's, it's power. Your, your platform is power. Your platform is energy. Everyone has influence over someone. You can reach someone that will not listen to me. Everyone has been given a platform. You, you, you've, got, you've got the people that look to you and they're like, wow, they're amazing. They're doing what I want to do. They'll listen to you. There's, there's an old quote and I love it. It says, one day you'll listen to someone and that day will change your life. It's interesting, isn't it? We all get jaded, but, but there's always a little window. I'm, I'm willing to listen to somebody. 
Look for the people in your life that are willing to listen to you and leverage that and lead them to Jesus. Amen? Your platform is power. Who do you know on social media that needs Jesus? Who do you know in your neighborhood that needs Jesus? Who are you working on right now that needs Jesus? Your, your, your platform is, is power. Someone wants to listen to you. And then finally, on this little point, I'll get into the first value, is your, your gifts are energy. Your gifts are energy. God has given all of us time, talent, and treasure. Time, talent, treasure. All of us, okay? Your gifts are energy. Now, as a church, watch us, because the church is, I want to make sure we clarify this right. We don't spend people. We send people. Big difference. We don't spend people. We send people. In fact, we gather to go. We gather, we get more effective, and then we go. Every Christian is a missionary. Every Christian is a missionary. We don't spend people, man. We send people. Every Christian is time, talent, and treasure. Let, let's go to this. Let's Values. What are some of our values? Well, love is our calling. Courage is our choice. Let me go through them really fast, and then I'll jump into the first one today. Cheers is our heart, or generosity is our heart. Friendship is our vibe, and worship is our passion. For the next few weeks, we are going to talk through and preach through these things. Love is our calling. Courage is our choice. Cheers is our heart. Friendship is our vibe. Worship is our passion. Today, we're going to talk about love being our calling. Love being our calling. Matthew 22, 36 and 40. Let me, let me go on with this. This is a guy that came to Jesus. He says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Everything hangs on, on these two things. Uh, Kevin, can let me borrow you really quick here. I'm going to pull you up for an illustration. Back in ancient Rome, they used to build archways. And, and, and the way that they would build these rounded arches is at the very, very top, they put what they called a key stone, right? And so if Kevin and I like, are going to put our hands up here and we're going to like, just lean on each other, you can imagine this right here would be a key stone. And so if you remove the key stone, like one of us are going over, right? And so they would build it away and they'd put this thing in the middle called a key stone and the rest of the arch would literally be supported and hang on this key stone. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thanks for not letting me fall. And so everything would hang on that. And if you remove that, boom, the rest of the structure would fall apart. Guys, love is the keystone of Christianity. If you take love out, if you take out the reality of God loves you, God wants a relationship with you, we're here to love on other people. If you take love out, we have nothing. The Apostle Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians. He goes, man, if I speak in tongues of men or angels, but I don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong. If I've got the gift of prophecy, I can fathom all the mysteries and knowledge, and I have faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. Watch this. I can give all I possess to the poor, but without love, I'm, I'm nothing. My body can go through hardship. I can go through all these trials. i got this great faith. But if I don't have love, I am nothing. Love is Selfless love is our keystone. Our culture, we are obsessed with falling in love, but the Bible calls us to walk in love. It's easy to fall in love with someone who's cute. It's hard to walk in love with someone who's difficult. We are called to loving our neighbors, loving God, loving others. If I really had to critique the church of Jesus right now, and probably the Western church right now more than anything else, we are lacking love. Just love, man. 
This whole thing is about loving each other. Let, let me go on. I, I, I like to do, when I first got saved, I would do what I call just a love check. 1 Corinthians, and this is verse 4, chapter 13, verse 4 now. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't delight in evil. It rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves love. The Bible says love never fails. And so I would get the Bible out, and I would, I would ask myself, how patient have I been with my spouse? And I would just internally ask myself that question, which is probably what some of you need to do this morning. How patient have I been when my spouse is struggling with anxiety? Am I, am I patient with it? When my spouse does something I don't like, am, am, I, am I patient? How patient have I been with my kids lately? Or have I been short and sharp with them? How, how patient have I been? The Bible says love, love is kind. Um, how kind have you been on Twitter lately? Oh, I see. I know I'm meddling. I'm meddling. I'm going to stop meddling in your life right now. Like, Bible says love is kind. Just love is kind. How, how kind have you been to your spouse? Right? Like, could I, could I be kinder in the way that I responded, you know, when, when Alyssa, my wife, said something I didn't like? Could I, I, I could have been more kind. How kind have you been to yourself lately? Okay, now I'm preaching a little bit. Okay, like, how kind has that internal voice been when, when you think about your own failures and shortcomings and what you want to get done and how, how kind of even, the Bible says love is kind. Love does not envy. I, I love this uh, definition of envy. You can throw it up for me, Edwin. Look at this. Envy, a feeling of discontented or resentful longing aroused by somebody else's possessions, qualities, or, or luck. How hard is it to scroll and not get envious? Right? Like as we scroll, we're like, well, that's not the car I, I have. <laughs> right? Like that's, I wish I had that house. I wish I had that waistline. I wish I, or whatever it is, like we just scroll and, and envy's everywhere. It, is, it has never been an easier generation in history to compare your life away, right? I mean, it's just so easy to do and just get full of envy as we, as we scroll. But love, love's not envious. It's, it's just content in who, who God has made us to be and who he is, right? And so, so it's just, man, what a struggle that is for us. Love doesn't dishonor others. Right? Like, do you troll as you scroll? I wrote down. Like, you know, do you troll as you scroll? It's, I'm not against social media, but, man, it creates some challenges for us. It's not easily angered. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Right? Like, th th this is love. This is love. Growing up, my mom really understood how to build a loving home. Every church has a culture. Uh, every home has a culture. And my mom, you know, by the time I was uh, an older, like, you know, older kid, young, junior high kind of kid, my mom really just got on fire again. She gave her life back to Jesus and just had a personal revival and really got into the things of God. And I remember my mom, like, she was serious about building a loving environment in the home. And, man, she, she would go after it sometimes. And I remember when my, my baby brother was born, we're eight years apart. My sister, Katie, was two years old. She's the one that helped us come down here and plant the church. She's a sweetheart now. But when, when my little baby brother Charles first came around, she did not like Charles at all. In fact, she used to try to sneak in the crib to take him out. Like she was so serious. She was two and a half years old. She tried to crawl up the crib and she was going to take him out. Like I'm not even kidding. She was jealous, y'all. She was envious. She didn't like him. She was going to take him out. And we had to watch. And there were times we'd be playing and stuff. And on the monitor, you see this little two-year-old with the diaper crawling up this thing. She's going to, and we're like, go save Charles' life. Like we had to run in there. And, and I'm not even kidding. This girl used to nail frogs to boards. 
Like, she, she needed Jesus. I'm glad my sister Katie got saved. She was, she was going down a wrong path, okay? Like, no. And, and she's a sweetheart now. But she was a crazy little kid. And she, I remember one time she would get these little blocks out. We used to play with these little, they were like bigger than, uh, the, they were like wood blocks. And they were like these big old wood blocks. I don't think they even make them anymore. They, I think now they realize that they're dangerous. And she'd get these blocks and she would throw them at Charles. And if I tried to say something, like, like, and she'd throw them at me. And one time I picked her up, and she, like, clawed me, like, clawed my eyes and went for my wrist. And I'm like, who are you? This is a crazy little kid. She's only four years old in need of Jesus. Like, like it was just crazy. And I remember my mom, she'd be like, no, you know, like, don't. And she's just building this loving home and going through all this. And, but I remember mom sitting me down, man. Like, she's like, you can't lie. You can't lie to your siblings like that. Well, why not? Right? And what's, what's going on in her head? She goes, because I'm building a loving home. Right? Like, you can't, you can't act like that. Why not? Because I'm building I'm building a loving home, right? You can't take your kid's sibling out, right? Why? Because I'm building, I'm building a loving home, right? I remember one time we, 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 we climbed up the shelf, and I knocked all the plants over. And we, like, we got in all the dirt. I just wanted to play in some dirt. I was maybe five or four or five. My sister Jenny was like two. And, and, and mom came home. She goes, who did this? I was like, Jenny. I like Jenny, like Jen, I caught Jenny do it. And she goes, you tell me your little sister crawled up there and knocked on us? I was like, yeah, I know. It's hard to believe. I know. I know. But it's, it's crazy. Man, I got a spanking for that. My dad came home. I got spanked again. My parents were old school. They believed in spanking, you know. She's building a loving home. She's like, you can't act like that. You can't do that. You can't be like that. Here's how we're going to do things in this house because this is what love does. But then there were some deep things in there, too, like she never had favorites. Why? Because love doesn't play favorites. She said, oh, we're not going to have favorites. She would let us explore what we wanted to do, right? Like, like, like I wanted to go in ministry, and my sister Jane wanted to be a doctor, and Katie's a vet, and my brother's an attorney. She, she would encourage it because why? Love doesn't control. That was one thing my mom was so good at. She, she, didn't, like, she didn't want her vision for my life. She wanted God's vision for my life. Why? Because that's what love does, right? Like, it doesn't control. It doesn't twist. It doesn't manipulate. It doesn't play favorites. Like, it love. What does love do? What does love do? I, I, I think, again, as a church, we've stopped asking ourselves the question, what would love do? What would love do in this board meeting? Man, what would love do on Sunday? What would love do on Monday? Like, like what would love do? Go home and ask yourself as you're interacting with your family, what would love do right now? What would love do? What would love do on Twitter right now in this situation? It's too easy to get angry on Twitter. I had a conversation yesterday with somebody. He goes, man, it just in 30 seconds, I'm mad. And I was like, I know. You just got to put it away. Put it away and pray for them. That's the best thing I can say. It's like way too toxic right now. Everything's so toxic. It's just like go, go love on them. Go pray. Go, go do something. What would love do? Are you building love in the home and in the church? What would love do? Love is our calling. Love's the calling, right? And here's the thing about a calling. A calling keeps calling. A calling keeps calling, and it won't stop calling. Like my mom, when she calls me, she keeps calling me. Even to this day, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. Nothing I'm doing is more important than what she wants to talk about. Even if it's like the squirrels in the backyard, right? She's like, oh, it's a great day. I'm like, mom, that's great. It's like, who cares? And nothing is more important than, than what she's what her telling me, right? She just keeps on calling. Love is the calling of the church, and it will just keep on calling and keep on calling and keep on calling. For 2,000 years, the method has changed, but not the message. You know, back in the day, people, people used to send a message through, through this little thing right here. Go ahead, Edwin. Hit that, hit that first slide for me. Y'all know what this is? I'm going to give you all a history lesson, right? So, some of you are like, I don't even know what that is. That's a pager. 
That's a pager. When I was in middle school, people used to walk around with those things in the seventh grade. They're they acting like drug dealers or something. Like, you don't need a pager in the seventh grade, my man. Like, and this is, it's a pager. This is how people used to get, get a message, right? Look at this. This is the first cell phone in 1973. Look at this thing. Look at that. That's the first cell phone right there. 1973 is when the cell phone came out. That's a brick, man. That is a brick right there. It's the first, first cell phone, right? Let's, 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 take it, let's take it way back, right? Let's take it way back. 1800 B.C., okay? This is 1800 years before Christ. The Chinese started sending smoke signals to warn their fellow countrymen that they were under attack. 2,000 years before Christ, we're sending smoke signals. What are they trying to do? They're trying to send a message. They're trying to send a message, right? And then times change a little bit, right? Hit the, hit the next one for me, Edwin. People in the medieval ages started using carrier pigeons, right? Like, hey, we're going to put a message on this pigeon and let them go. And we're, we're going to send a message. And then by the 16th century, uh, there was messages in a bottles. In fact, Queen Elizabeth had, had the royal uncorker of bottles. That was the title. And if you opened the bottle and you weren't the royal uncorker of bottles, that was like the death sentence. I'm not even kidding. This is a real thing. It was, it was a serious thing. Don't open my email, right? Like, this is, this is my message. It was, it was a serious thing. Okay, and then the telegram comes out in the 1800s, right? And you have Morse code and beep, 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 right? And so hit the, hit the next one for me. Then you got the Pony Express, right? And then, and then, then it goes on. I don't, I don't, is that my last slide? Yeah, and then, then telephone right here. In the 1800s, again, telephone comes out. And the first telephone, you crank it up. You talk into it, right? And then, then what happened? Fax machine. Remember, everybody remember uh, AOL Instant Messaging, Right, that comes out, and now we're all texting everything. Here, watch this. The method is changing, but at the heart, they're trying to send a message. From the very beginning, when God breathed into Adam and Eve, He's trying to send the same message I love you, and I want a relationship with you. For 2,000 years, the church has been saying the same thing Jesus is alive. Jesus loves you. He wants a relationship with you. Sin is the problem. God took care of that on the cross. He's still crazy about you. He ain't mad at you. He's madly in love with you. I want you. Same thing. The methods change. It looks different. The microphones change. It adjusts. But the message is the same. Love is our calling. And if you get out of love, you get out of God. If you leave love, you leave God's will. The modern church has become so judgmental. As long as I'm judgmental, I can't be curious. Curiosity is the cure for a critical spirit. See, if you, if you look at something, you just judge them. See, that, that gets rid of curiosity. Curiosity is like, man, I wonder how they got there. I'm like, I wonder why they like that. I wonder if I could show them God's love. I wonder how I could introduce them to Jesus. Like, I wonder if they'd be open to maybe a friendship. Curiosity. Curiosity. We're just battering people so bad. And it's like, why are we doing that? See, see what happened to the church in the last 50 years is we decided to elevate truth at the expense of love. And so the world's response is, hey, let's love and let's not worry about truth. See, the Bible is grace. And, and, and truth, right? It's love and truth. Jesus said, speak the truth in love. Doesn't do any good to open your mouth unless you genuinely love that person. Love is our calling. When you go home, guess what? Love is the calling. What would love do? All my husbands, myself included, what can we do that would be more kind this week? Instead of my wife asking me to take the trash out, what if I just jumped the gun and I took it out for her? 
Woo, there'd be revival in the home, right? Like, it's just, like, what, what, what would happen, ladies, instead of pointing out your husband's fault? What if he just stood by and just said, hey, I'm going to encourage you here today. I'm just going to just not say that one thing that I know going to get you, and I'm just going to, I'm going to speak encouragement into you today. What, what would happen over our kids if instead of saying, hey, your room ain't clean, like, just go tackle them and give them a 10-second hug? What would love do? I've never gone wrong when I've asked the question, what would love do? Let me do that. What would love do? Let me do that. When we build the church, we knew from the beginning we are not going to be a perfect church. We had all kinds of issues, right? We have all kinds of challenges. I, I, never, I never thought we'd be a perfect church. But I was like, you know what we can be? We can be a healthy church. And the greatest value we can put above everything else is love. When I show up, like, can I encourage Ben? Can I let Brian know that he matters? Can I tell Indiana that he's awesome? You know, what can I do? What would love do in this moment? Let me do that. As we, as we kind of wind down a few things on, on culture, because this, this is really about building culture, and culture is what we believe, and culture is how we behave, right? Culture is our attitude, and it's our action. Culture is the promises that we make and the priorities. We say. This is what culture is, right? We're talking about building the culture of, of our church. And uh, my wife and I recently watched the season one of Ted, Ted Lasso. Anybody, any Ted Lasso fans out there, a few of us, you know? A little crazy, uh, but... But Coach Lasso, he, he goes, he's, he's an American football coach, and he goes to Great Britain to, to coach soccer, what they call football, right? And, and, and so he goes there, and uh, of course, he, he, he was hired by a boss that wanted him to fail, and there's like a whole backstory to that. But he's going in innocently, he's going in with passion, he's doing his best. And, and one of the first things he does is he, he goes in and he puts this corny little sign, believe, over his office. Now, of course, his team does not believe in him. They don't believe in each other. They're not being kind to each other. They don't believe they can win. And that's the first thing he does is he writes it on the wall, and, and he goes, we're going we're gonna to believe. And it takes the whole season before the team gels together and they actually, they actually believe. Okay, what, what is culture? Culture is closing this gap, okay? It's what's written on the walls are lived out down the halls. This is what culture is. Culture isn't writing things on the walls. It's living things down the halls. So you might go to high school and they would say something like, believe or be kind. But if it wasn't lived out in the hall, come on, somebody, it wasn't actually the culture of that school. It's not what's written on the walls. It's what's lived out down the halls. So when we as a church, we hey, we're, we're going to go after love. And it's not just what we put on the wall. It's what we live out down the hall. So, so the next time you're on social media and you want to go after that person, what would love do? Because they know you go to City Lift because you post about City Lift every now and then. Come to a small group, and then the next moment you're like, you blankety blank, you wrong. About. It's just like, like, hello, confusing. What would love, what would love do? Right? The, the next time you want to cuss that person out at work, and they probably deserve it. Don't. Why? Because you got your little City Lift mug that you got here from our welcome box. And they know you go to church. It just... Hold the tongue. Why? Because what would love do right now? What would, what would love do? Come on, the next time you're driving down 95 and you got your City Live sticker on your car, what would love do? Or just take the sticker off, right? Like, come on, like, just, like, work with me. Like, what, what, would, what, would, love, what would love do? The, the next time you want to judge that person internally, don't just, I'll just, I'll choose curiosity because what, what would love, what would love do? What would love do? How do I love God with all my heart? How do I love my neighbor? And I'm talking your literal neighbor. How do you, how do you love on them? Right? Like what, what would love 
do? What would love do, guys? We're going to build a culture of love. Amen? And honestly, leaders, all my servant leaders, you're amazing at this. This is a big priority for us. Edwin, you awesome. Ben, you awesome. You guys are awesome at this. The best shot we have of loving on our community is building a loving church. We're building a loving community so we can what? Go love on our community. Amen? Guys, give it up for Jesus here. Two seconds. Come on. This is what would love, what would love do? Let me pray for us today and we'll wind, we'll wind down. God, I thank you, Lord, today as we go over our mission, our vision, and our values. And the first one is love is our calling. Lord, we're not here to beat people up. We're here to build people up. We don't want to take people down. We want to lift them up. We want their lives to go higher. God, we want to do a really good job of loving on each other. So, Lord, help us because we can't do this in our flesh. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. God, help us love on our spouses more. Lord, help us love on our kids more. Help us build loving homes. Father, help us build a loving leadership culture. Help us build a loving church. God, we want to have a genuine impact on this community, and it cannot be done without love. Father, you know this, and it's good for us to know this. The world isn't changed by our opinion. It's changed by our example. We're not an echo of this culture, Father. We are an alternative of this culture. And God, help us to be this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing week.